This is Double Exposure Show, co-hosted by Sophia Lemon and myself, Petro. Keep listening if you're a photographer, entrepreneur, or small business owner looking for actionable business and marketing advice and funny, off-topic rants. If you're not one of those, stop listening right now. Just kidding. Here we go. Why do they call it pitching a tent anyways? I really don't know. Like, <laughs> I just think the word pitching is sort of funny. Because well, I think of a baseball pitcher. So, you yeah. know, you take a ball, you throw it. Well, and I watched... Um, have you seen Expectations? Negative. Is that what it's called? I don't no. know. No. Expectations. Explained on oh, okay. Um, okay, yeah. Netflix. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Did you watch the... Uh, cricket episode nope yeah i should because i was just saying this uh earlier yesterday that i have no clue what cricket is oh my god i had no idea either i kind of thought it was similar to baseball but it's not at all (laughs) the only similarity is that there's a dude throwing a ball and there's a bat that you hit it with that's it sort of yeah (laughs) yeah so is it because the baseball player is on a pitch that he's pitching or I she's don't pitching? No. I don't know. But I then but then you pitch you pitch a tent, which I I I guess if a tent is traditional where it's just two sides coming to a peak, that could be a pitch as well. I, I so and then there's called of course there's another connotation for pitching a tent, which resembles oh. a pitched tent. But there you go. Yeah. I looked it up on Google. I Googled <clears throat> pitch. Okay. So the noun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously like there's the sound. The quality of a sound uh-huh. covered by the rate of vibrations producing it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but then there's the steepness of a slope. Right. Is that what it is? Well, that's what a but pitch But there's is. also throw or fling roughly or casually. Right. So let's get back to the tent. When you're pitching a tent, does it, I guess it refers to the, the slope, <laughs> Yeah, I would think so. But I, I keep thinking that some dude just takes the tent out of his truck and just pitches it, just freaking throws it and hopes it. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I put my tent yeah. up because my tent is one of those pop-up tents. There you go. The last time I tried to set up a for reals tent was a few weeks ago during a baseball tournament and I was helping my friend set up his tent and we, well, first of all, he got to my place because people were camping at my place. So he got to my place he starts setting it up. He's like, last time we set this up, it took like 45 minutes. I was like, no, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started helping him because he was looking at the instructions. I was like, why are you looking at the instructions? Do you not know how to set up your own tent? (laughs) And I started helping him. And then one of the posts, posts, Uh poles, Poles. snapped. And I was like, no, I'm out. I can't. I'm not spending the next two hours trying to set up this stupid tent. Right. Someone else is going to have to help you. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So the average person who buys a tent for camping spends an average of 270 something dollars. That's being converted from us. And, and they only use it once. So I did think this was funny because he didn't actually end up setting it up. He just ended up sleeping in the house, (laughs) but I was like so mad because I was like, well, I have my pop-up tent. Like, do you want that? Well, will I fit in it? I'm like, 
laying down. He's like, oh, no, that won't do. I have to be able to stand up in it. I'm like, why? Why are you standing up in it? You, literally, all you're doing is sleeping in it. Like, why? Why do people go to get tents and they like by default have to get the biggest tent they can find, mm -hmm. even though they're like one person and they are literally not going to be standing up. That's what I'm saying. And I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anything about people getting changed in a tent and having to stand up because that's bullshit because you could get changed sitting down well i get don't give me car. that crap <laughs> i've changed in a car before and like yep full-on changed so have i so mm -hmm. interesting but um after oh, so after bad. doing some thinking about it i mean if i had to go camping and uh go spend all kinds of money for a tent and camping supplies and all that I'd probably just go get a hotel room. It'd be cheaper. Yeah, true. <laughs> but everybody says, but then you don't get the experience. Well, oh my God. I don't really care to have the hobo experience. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the outdoors. I like doing the camp experience. The Yeah. You know, it, it's all good. But when it comes time to sleep, I have no problem getting in my car, driving to a hotel room and having a good rest. I just yeah. don't. I like <clears throat> the camping experience if I'm going camping. But if a lot of people camp when they go to baseball tournaments, for right. example, and that's not really what I want to do. I want to go to a hotel so, and I want to eat at restaurants. I don't want to cook for myself because I'm focused on playing ball. <laughs> so what do you do in the morning? Like you're, you're just sweaty and gross. Just go play ball. Well, it's funny because the campsites that people go to, like they have to have huge washrooms with showers and hot right. water and everything. And that's kind of annoying. Like my camping experience is more like you go swimming and that's how you bathe. <laughs> <laughs> and you sleep in a tent and i mean maybe you go hiking but mostly you're just sitting around a campfire drinking not getting excessively drunk but drinking and talking and stuff in the middle of nowhere like hmm. i don't really care for there to be a washroom with a flushable toilet <laughs> i'm talking about camping <laughs> got it yeah well that that's another thing it's kind of, kind of fake in it right like i've been camping with friends where we're at a campsite and you you just get out of your tent and you walk like two and a half, three minutes to this like big public washroom where there's showers and there's like toilets and like we're, we're almost at that hotel stage, you know, like why do I yeah. have to? And, and the funny thing is we pay for the campsite too and um, you pay to enter the park, you pay for the campsite, like... I don't. I really don't know. I'm really curious what it is. Maybe it's just kind of like failure of letting go. It kind of brings me to a point <laughs> about uh, or refusal to let go. It brings me to a point about like what we talked about recently. Uh, how you just you do things because you see other people do it, right? You <laughs> and even though there is a better way um, of doing something, you just don't do it because you didn't think of it and nobody else is doing it. You know, like. Um, Trying to think of an example of uh, what we said in the previous episode, but I'd almost have to re-listen to it. But uh, you, you know what I'm saying. You know where I'm going with this. Sure. sure. Um, I, I mean, if we're talking about camping, what about those people who get like massive RVs and pull their car behind it and then they camp for like a week, a year, and they could just go get a nice hotel room and it would cost probably less <sighs> than it would cost to run the RV. The RV thing is is unique because if you actually take advantage of it and go away for like two months, six weeks. Or travel three, with like it. Like travel or, with it legitimately. Yeah, I get it. Cool, do yeah. it. If you're only going to do like 
couple of days a year, go rent it. I mean, but I, I legitimately would, um, I actually thought about doing this when I graduated college, it just work fell into my lap and I never did this, but, uh, I legitimately wanted to, um, buy or rent an RV and, uh, go on a Canadian American cross country tour. So basically start in, let's say start in Ontario, go out east to Halifax and then shoot down through the United States to New York, down to Florida, over to Texas, like kind of, and then go back around and legitimately do, uh, like sightseeing. And while I do this also photograph stuff. And I mean, you're not, oh my God, we should have Ralph on for this because <laughs> he and Carolyn have like gone location independent. So they're just traveling wherever they want. They spend like three months in any given location and they work from their computers. Nice. Which is neat. <laughs> it's, and it's great. It's easy. It's easy to do if you really plan it out. Like, so essentially three to six month trip um, with lots of photography in between. And I wanted to come back and basically do, uh, kind of have a stock photography portfolio and just upload it to Getty. And, uh, I would kind of live off the proceeds a little bit while building a studio. But I got really lucky that in college, uh, before I graduated, I got a really cool client. It was a medical client for, um, uh, they basically sell their medication inside syringes, pre-filled syringes, and you just inject this stuff into your kneecaps. I don't know who it's aimed for, but it's called like Neovisc, and they were my very first um, commercial client that paid me money. So I got a taste of the commercial work, and I started doing that, and I started getting clients. So by the time I actually left the college, I had a full roster of clients, and I was working for a magazine. So to me... I want to say that I actually forgot about the whole adventure thing. Like I just left it behind me. So what was, I kind of regret not doing it, but at the same time it was kind of like, well, the whole reason I wanted to do it is to kickstart, kickstart my career. And I already kind of kickstarted it. So there's no point of doing it, but who knows, maybe I would have made it to like Montreal and been like, fuck this. I'm, <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it was interesting to, to at least dream about it. And uh, I had somebody else on board who wanted to go with me, which was great. Another photographer. So, hmm. yeah. Could have been Sounds fun. like fun. I'm kind of down for the whole tiny house thing. And then that would give you the freedom to travel like that. Okay. It's funny because I don't travel a lot, but I sort of like being on the road. I like the freedom of being able to take off and go somewhere. And Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember my client I was talking about with uh, the young son who's like super gentlemanly and like yeah. shakes your hand and says, nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I mentioned him a couple episodes ago and um, he has an office in Owen Sound. The young son? Which is, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the client. Um, and from my studio, I just realized the other day that I can see his, uh, his, office building so I you can see in, into his office no <laughs> he's you can across see the into his bedroom he, no he's across the bay from ah. where my studio is but i was just like oh my god that's his office building that's hilarious so i sent him a text message and he goes hello from detroit <laughs> <laughs> i was like what are you doing and he's like 
Um, well, this one store has like plaid shirts that I really like. Carpe diem on the plaid shirts. I was like, no, I died. It was so funny. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of what I like, right? Like being able to pick up and like go elsewhere right. and still be able to function. Fair enough. Like not be the person that's like, I need to plan for two months to go on vacation or I need to book through a travel agency or I need to book a cruise or I need to book at a resort. I want to just be able to pick up and go. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's the beauty of being self-employed, right? You can kind of do that. So yeah, a lot of people I talk to who are self-employed say, oh, I love the freedom of being able to just take vacation at any time. And then I say, when was the last time you took vacation? And they're like, are you kidding me? I work yeah. all the time. I never take vacation. So I'm like, well, then what? <laughs> you know. Um, well, it's funny when that's the gauge. Like, does it have to be vacation? Or can you just take a day off? Or I guess, take a day to work on what you want to work on? I guess they mean they have they can set their own schedule. And, and the consensus is they don't set their own schedule. They're a slave. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about yet a different episode about people you know, working till 3 a.m., editing their files. Yeah. Well, what the hell are you doing? I like doing? how it's gotten later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that episode we were talking about working until 2 a.m. and now it's 3 a.m. Well, <laughs> give me a couple of weeks, it'll be 4 a.m. I don't know. The I forget things sometimes. And uh, when I said 3 a.m., I was like, I think it was 2. But I won't correct myself because Sophia nope, will do it me. for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, that's just it. Right. So I'm okay. I'm free to do whatever I want. And I can honestly say that that's, that's the outlook I have that I'm free to do whatever I want. Now, my philosophy is if I'm free to do whatever I want, I'm going to do whatever I want. And so I want to do a couple of other things and I do them. Music is a big part of my life. So I put, uh, I, I immerse myself into music and business and I put myself out there and started a business in that too. <clears throat> hey, I'm still my own boss. I can still do whatever I want. And um, if Hannah has a day off and we want to do nothing and just sit around the house all day, we do that. If we want to take off and go visit some friends or family out of town, we do that. And and I truly can say that I will take some time. I do notice that I'm a bit of a slave to the fulfillment so, like, if an order comes in, I try to get it out within 24 hours. But the reality is, like, I can always, you know, I don't have a ton of orders. I can always be like, meh, three orders in today. I'll send them out tomorrow. No big deal. And I yeah. have been doing that. Like, I literally said that to myself a couple of dozen of times now where it's like, well, I have 24 hours to get it out. So I'll get it out tomorrow. I don't I don't need to get it out today. And really, the 24-hour clock is my own kind of gauge. Like... There, nobody actually <laughs> says, hey, you have 24 hours to get this out. I just like to get stuff out right away. That so, being said, yeah. have you sent my canvas yet? Uh, it is being packaged as we <coughs> speak. Um, so once I get the dimensions, I can enter it into the Pure Leader system and schedule a pickup and it'll go out. So he, here's the funny thing. I, I don't actually do the packaging. Okay. Right. I mean, I printed the canvas, so there was quality control there. I made sure it's optimal and to size. Um, I then drop it off at a third-party location, which uh, there are friends who do all our post-production, or not post-production, but all our um, physical work, finishing, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so they build they build the canvas frame. They physically stretch the canvas onto the frame. And if the canvas needs to go out, like be shipped, they package it for me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of goes along with being your own boss, right? I mean, I like to have the time than the freedom. So I do things to allow me to have that time and freedom. So that if I want to go camping, I can go camping yeah. <laughs> and go pitch a tent somewhere. <laughs> so this makes me think about what we wanted to talk about today. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, I wanted to talk about our little project that we're working on. Yeah, let's do L- it. Little project. Yeah, it's a side so, project. Yeah, like a few episodes ago, I had mentioned that we were working on something new and that I was super excited about it. And it was are like giving me new energy. Are you still super excited about it? Yeah, I am. But I do need to sit down and actually do work on it. <laughs> um, so we're going to get it all finished up by the time this episode airs. But basically what it is, do we want to say what it's called or what it is? Hmm. Hmm. It's called secretive <laughs> <laughs> blank. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's called F8 style. Yeah. So think F8 like the favorite aperture of all the photographists. Yeah. Which I never use, by the way. I never right? use F8. Same here. The point is. <laughs> but I don't want to forget it, so I figured why not? I don't know it? why people always use F8. Why is F8 the number? Like <sighs> it's considered to be the sharpest point with the most depth of field for bull um okay so basically when people shot Hasselblads okay f8 was kind of the go-to aperture because it's going to give you the best depth of field um yeah and not not close down too much and it was usually two stops from wide open which was kind of the optimal sweet spot in the lens Hmm. because a lot of the lenses like for Hasselblad were like f4 you know some were 2.8 whatever so two to three stops, kind of the optimal sharp point of a lens. Um, so yes, that means that if you do own a 1.4, like an f1.4 lens, you te- technically the sharpest point of that lens will be f2.8. Um, and no, it's not going to give you the same depth of field as 5.6, f8, 11 even, but you know, it is what it is. So back in the medium format days, uh, I mean, there was even a famous photographer who said, I don't, I don't know names. I don't really care about these things too much, but somebody said like, like, how do you get such good shots? And his or her answer was F8 and be there. So like, okay, fucking brilliant. Every, every single prick in the world who owns a camera now runs around saying that shit. <laughs> it's not true. Of course you have to be able to see stuff and cap, be able to capture it. But you know, it's not some, some of it has to do with luck and, by setting your camera to f8, you always ensured that it would be sharp yet in, in enough focus that you'd enough depth of field that everything would be in focus. So that's that's the f8 thing. Um, yeah. I don't I don't I don't have an aperture in mind. Like, you know, when when people said, okay, you're doing a portrait in the studio, all right, set it to f8, and I I don't do that. I really don't care. Like in the no, studio, no, I don't do that either. You know? In a studio, I'll shoot it at four, two point eight sometimes, yep. five, six. Yep. Like, but I'm not a I'm not an aperture person. I really don't care what the number is. I I don't go to f eleven ever. The yep. the 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 smallest aperture I go to is f ten. Um, when I see eleven, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> it scares me. I'm pretty much always on 
5.6. Right. Well, and I shoot a lot 6.3. And, and a lot of people are like, what's 6.3? Is that even an aperture? <laughs> it's not a thing. Right. Uh, 6.3, sometimes I'll push to 7.1 if there's too much light or if I really just, if I'm doing a group shot and I'm like, I really want just a little bit more depth of field. And guess what? My group shots, people in the back are soft. And the way, the way I see it is if you're in the back, you're not important. So I don't care if you're soft. <laughs> Somebody's going to go and repeat this and not realize that I could be joking or maybe joking or am joking. But um, my priority isn't really depth of field so much. I, I am I am a crazy freak about sharpness. That yeah. said, uh, when I'm doing a, like a bridal portrait or an engagement session, I quite often use an 85 millimeter lens that opens up all the way to f1.2 and i'm shooting 1.8 f2 f2.2 you know right around there um very very often like i i sometimes don't even go to like 2.8 uh, or f4 yeah uh, that being said i feel like we need to focus now because we've gone way off topic. yeah yeah um. so so having said that uh because because this aperture gets so neglected we decided to give our shop a name of F8. Sure. <laughs> and I don't think we had even gotten that far. So F8 is a store. Cool. Done. F8. See you later. Um. <laughs> and and the, so I think we're, we're going to refer to it as F8 more more than F8 style. I think we're literally yeah, going to sure. say you can get it on F8. Yeah. Yeah. And so like basically us. what's in there is basically like style shit for photographers. Like nice camera straps nice camera bags laptop bags oh my god i want to buy all the laptop bags. i'm not gonna lie um some really sweet and funny t-shirts uh, i want to buy all the t-shirts too um yeah and we're gonna have some equipment in there not a whole lot no just things that might make your life easier yeah like supplementary things there are going to be some smartphone accessories in there as well so there will be um Camera cases, um, lighting accessories for your phones, mm -hmm. maybe microphones and shit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really geared towards style for photographers <laughs> and creative entrepreneurs. Yeah, so basically, it'll be the way I see it is it's it's stuff that's hard to find, yeah. um, things that you don't walk into this tech and go. Or I, I really want to know what uh, camera stores in the U.S. are for our U.S. listeners. What it, would you guys be going hmm. into B and H? Is that is do they that... have physical stores? I don't know. B and H, <laughs> it's like the largest store in the world. I, I, do they have physical stores though? Yeah, yeah. Like I really hate getting their stupid catalog. You get like, B and H catalogs. Thing, like screw you guys. You you actually get B and H catalogs? Yeah, I bought something from them once, and now I get the catalog every year. Huh, interesting. It's huge. It's it, really annoying. It's like Uline. I know. <laughs> I've got. I think I've gotten the Uline catalog too, and I don't know why because I don't think I've actually bought anything from them. I think I've bought through you. So why yeah. did I get the catalog? Good question. Maybe you <laughs> signed you signed in or like created an account online, but uh, we're not going to send you any catalogs. That's the cool part. No, it's all based but, online. What online based? What? Well, our store is online. That's based, what I'm telling sure. you. But. <laughs> And our store is online. But it's the true. point is, it's all style stuff geared towards photographers and creative entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm going to tell you something like kind of cool. 
all of our stuff's going to be really reasonably priced. Yeah. So at one point, I know you guys saw we were having a conversation in the Facebook group about camera bags, and there were some really sweet camera bags in there. Camera bags are effing expensive. I don't know why I'm censoring myself right now, because we swear on this podcast anyway. Camera bags are fucking expensive, and so are laptop bags. It's a little bit outrageous. So when you go into our shop, you're going to see camera bags that probably would normally be sold for like 250 bucks. They're probably going to be like 150 in our store. And there are definitely some camera bags, laptop bags, backpacks and stuff in there that are like $70. And by the way, this is all Canadian. Mm-hmm. Dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. So you guys should go check it out. We haven't settled on a sort of promotional deal for you guys yet but i have a feeling that it will be something like spend 40 dollars get a free t-shirt yeah or maybe the alternatively kind of like a perpetual discount for our listeners so you know oh there oh there will be definitely be something for our listeners going forward but just uh for opening the store Hmm. you can probably get a really sweet t-shirt. I keep talking about the t-shirts because the t-shirts are so cool. Actually, I'm going to open it right now and look at a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, amazing. So while... You talk about what you're thinking while I look up a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's really a project for us to keep us busy and to offer, to give a little bit something back. Um, I did the math on this with the margins that we have on the stuff on there. Um by the time we pay everything, fees, all that, I don't even think we could support like a bad smoking habit. <laughs> so um, it's really just uh, something to uh, help pay for the podcast and um, yeah, to continue sure. this going. Um, and also so we can buy some cool stuff that you can't buy I know, anywhere else. I know. I'm, okay. I'm, look, I'm adding stuff to cart. I'm I like, know. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> So So. I just opened like the ladies um, clothing section and there's like a t-shirt in here. It says, trust me, I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. There's eat, sleep, shoot. There's what the F stop. (laughs) 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 I want that t-shirt. There's also like a little French bulldog in here with the camera and giving the peace sign. Yeah, I like that one. I I think I'm going to buy that one for Hannah. There's a t-shirt here that says, oh, snap. (laughs) <laughs> there you will see when you go into the shop because this stuff goes pretty quickly by the way like a couple of our t-shirts are already sold out mm-hmm. um they might come back yeah it all depends on our supplier don't know don't know um but yeah you should go in there I, like i kind of want to get some of these t-shirts and like wear them when i'm working i'm not gonna lie <laughs> do it but yeah. that's and i want some pictures that we can post on our facebooks and stuff there you go. <sighs> yep. So what did we want to talk about today besides the shop? Well, now I'm just looking at, see, look at this, a waterproof camera bag for $67.99. And it's pretty. $67.99 Canadian or US? I don't even flipping know. Canadian. Yeah. Um, And I thought that I should just let you guys know before we move on that it's five dollar shipping so flat rate five dollar shipping on orders over fifty dollars yeah yeah okay i should stop looking at this i think we were going to talk about delivery which is like pretty entertaining given that we just talked about the shop (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so referring to delivery uh um 
Like, I feel like, I don't know, I've been kind of stressed out lately. I've been, I want to make more money. And I've been doing a few things to help get myself there. So like I'm joining BNI. Um, I'm ramping up my marketing. I'm trying to do a better job of connecting directly with clients. And I've been sort of looking at my process and where it falls apart. And I feel like one of the places that my process falls apart is when I deliver photos. Okay. Like I'll deliver photos and then not talk to people anymore. Or I'll put up a gallery and then I'll just leave it with them and I won't talk to them. Or I don't know. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, so I've been going back and writing handwritten notes to some of my previous clients and sending emails to some of my clients just saying, hey, how do your prints look on your wall? (sighs) So there's a fundamental problem here and it's... uh the fact that we don't consider ourselves salespeople, but that's what you yeah. are. So uh, I speak to people all the time. They're like, oh, I'm not very good at sales. I just want to take pictures. And all right, that's fine. If you're making, uh, uh, if you're giving it a go and you're making a living at it and you don't need to quote unquote sell, great. Reality is like, I know a photographer who photographs about 40 weddings a year and at a pretty good margin. Mm-hmm. So an average of $4,000 wedding. So you're looking at, you know, a hundred to $160,000 income every year. So take away some expenses, et cetera. Uh, The photographer is doing fairly well for themselves. They they don't really want to sell prints or albums or anything. Um, But you have to photograph 30 to 40 weddings a year. You have to edit 30 to 40 weddings a year, right? And I mean, if if you're doing it yourself, that's all you're going to be doing the whole year. Just that's a fact. Now, if you wanted to work less, earn more, you have to be able to sell some product. Uh, And that is a fact. And that's what everybody does. Now, you can build product into your packages, so to speak. But the problem is you're competing with people who don't. You're competing with a three to four thousand dollar wedding photographer who isn't building that in. And so your price cannot really be any higher. Therefore, your profit margin is lower. So what it comes down to is the fact that you have to offer kind of a basic service at a competitive price, be reasonably good, present yourself reasonably well, but at the end, you have to get people to buy more shit from you. And then how do you do that? Um, Well, number one thing is don't forget that that's what you're doing is that's what you are trying to sell product. Now, selling has a negative connotation because we we automatically think about people who sell shit they sell stuff we don't need right the thing is for the most part the consumer is smart enough to know when they don't need something when they don't want something and they have no problem saying no thank you you as a salesperson have to be able to not take that no thank you as a negative thing uh, because they could be saying no thank you to the fact that they don't need a large canvas in their house or they could be saying no thank you to the fact that they just don't have the money in the budget, right? That's just not in their cards. So come up with incentives, come up with ways to close them and to offer them things. And since we're talking about delivery, one of the things can be, I mean, you could, you could try something that I do. Um, I have, a, I have a, a very basic package. So let's say it's $3,500. And I give you a 20%. Sorry, for a wedding? For a wedding, yeah. 
wedding package. So, and then I give you a 20% discount on any product that you pre-purchase. So mm-hmm. if you, if you said, yeah, I do want a wedding album and how much is it? I'm just going to use round figures. It's $1,000 for a, a large wedding album. Uh, but if you purchase it before the wedding, if you pre-purchase it, um, it will only be $800. And I didn't inflate my prices to the point where they're ridiculous so I can bring them back and still make a lot of money. But I could potentially offer that album for $900 all the time and still make a reasonable profit. But it does have a perceived value of, of 1000 so that 20% discount actually makes people think like, wow, I'm saving 200 bucks on an album. I better fucking buy it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> yep. Now, some, something else is... Um, when you when you do once you make that purchase i actually say that if you do buy the album you actually get a 20% perpetual discount on anything from on from now on so to speak for this project so it actually op- gives people an incentive to buy something because they they're sort of buying a future discount meaning that if they once they see the photos if they do want a canvas if they're like you know what i know it's our wedding picture and and people don't hang wedding photos up anymore but this doesn't look like a wedding photo this looks like a really great scenery photo because we were outdoors and we're just happened to be in it getting married we'll buy it uh we'll buy a 30 by 40 inch canvas okay which is um 490 okay now because they ordered an album um they now save a hundred dollars off this canvas so it's actually 392 dollars now, that $100, and I mean, I educate them about this. I actually sit down and educate them about this during the initial meeting, uh, rather during the contract signing, if you will. I, I try not to sell during the initial meeting because that's too much pressure. Now, during the delivery of product, I include reminders. So I have printed material like postcards um, that remind them, you know, you have a 20% discount with the shop. On the other side is a price list of product of the most popular products. And it includes like a dozen products. So it will include like a 30 by 40 canvas and it will it will show on there. Regular price 490 and your price 390 390. I don't do 392, I just say 390. Um, parent parent albums. If if they purchase parent albums, then no big deal, but a lot of people don't, so it'll be like parent albums. You know, regular price a thousand, your price eight hundred, um, and so it since it's a two-sided postcard, that's what it is. Um, another part that I include uh, in there is a referral card. Um, the referral card basically says this card is worth a hundred dollars, and on the back it it talks about the referral. If you refer a client and they book with Lux Photography Company you will get $100 cash, no questions asked. Thank you very much, high five. And your client will receive $100 towards their package. So again, I don't have a problem discounting my $3,500 package by $100 if I didn't have to do any of the work. If I didn't have to sit mm-hmm. there and meet with the clients, you know, if literally they're coming, they're like, hey, Joanne, uh, give me this card. Um, and I mean, on the card, it, it actually, uh, there's a spot where you can fill out your name. So Joanne, you know, 
can fill out her name and her phone number and give it to Susan. And when Susan comes in and says, I want to book you, here's a referral card to save $100 off my wedding. Great. You know, I, I take $100 off her wedding and I literally give Joanne $100 cash. Now, I, I also tell them that, um, you know, if you want to give certificate to the keg or a gas card, let me know and I'll send you one of those instead. Because um, cash requires me to give it to them in person. The gift card is something I will mail to you. Now, I'm hoping that they will take a gift card for mm-hmm. the simple fact that, and, and just side note, my accountant told me that I am right, able to write off cash uh, as referral fees towards uh, advertising and promotion. Okay. So that's, that's kind of cool. So I do. I mean, I just have to make a record of it, right? I can't be like, yes, I paid three thousand dollars for referrals because then it'll be like well where's your where's your work <laughs> you only you only shot 10 weddings how, how did you have to pay three thousand dollars out uh regardless moving on if i'm mailing a gift card if, most of the time they're they're actually like you know what that, that's kind of that's great i will take a gift card to the keg so we can go out we haven't been out since our honeymoon it'll be fun it'll be fantastic and I take that opportunity to actually mail them additional stuff. So I'll mail them another referral card, first of all. Uh, I'll mail them kind of a couple of updates, but I'll also include random stuff. Like I might print a photo of them, like a really goofy photo of them, and just use it as a thank you card, you know? Mm-hmm. So kind of write thank you. Hey, guys, thanks so much. Uh, I had a really good time shooting your wedding, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you've seen how I brand my images, you know, watermark, quote unquote there, on Facebook, where it looks like a, a wide angle Polaroid with my logo underneath, I, I do that for that printed photo. And it's usually about a six by eight inch card or five by seven or so, because I'm hoping that they pin it on their fridge. And if they pin yeah. it on their fridge, my logo's on there. Now, if, yeah. they, if they cut it out, then that whatever, I don't care. They could th- throw the picture out. But it's a funny picture. It could be them doing a goofy face. It could be, like, just funny. Um, if they do pin it on the fridge or frame it, my logo's being shown, and everybody who walks through the kitchen sees it. And, you know, it's just, a again, a perpetual reminder. Um, now, I don't know if you've been to a gathering at a friend's place, but for some reason, whenever I have people over, I have two comfortable couches uh, in my living room, I have a dining room table with eight chairs around it right near the, but for some reason, everybody goes and stands in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Closer to the food. I you guess. don't have to reach so far. <clears throat> My old house had tile floor in the kitchen, which uh, I don't know if I'll ever do again. <laughs> we now have hardwood in our, in our kitchen and like people would stand on a tile floor and it was so awkward because my feet would be hurting and I'd be like one one time I literally said guys I'm gonna go sit down on the couch you can stand here if you want but I'm gonna sit down on the couch and they stood at the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) so I just sat on the couch and looked over and spoke to them that way but uh, anyways I'm getting distracted trying to think about where I go in my friends houses but I have for sure like Oh my God, you're right. People hang out in the kitchen. Always. It's always the kitchen. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Don't know what but it is. I, like, I always look at what's on my friend's fridges. Right? Yep. All the time. Yeah. You, you do because you're curious. I mean, 
So I, I basically tried to get my, uh, my calling card onto the fridge and, um, people remember it. I mean, I've only in the last X amount of years I've been doing this. I've only had one person say like, yeah, I hired you because I saw a picture on my friend's fridge. <laughs> Maybe there has been more than one, but you know what? But you know what? Seeing that photo on the fridge with the logo would go very well with a referral. Like yeah. when your friends ask you, cause they've seen your photos on Facebook, when your friends ask you, Hey, who photographed your wedding? And you say, Oh, Petro. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. Like, and they've seen the photo on the fridge over and over <laughs> well, and over again. It won't always be Petro. It'll be Lux Photography. It could be Brandon. It could be, it could be you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, uh, yeah. Who photographed your wedding? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, some random. Some random um, So, and there's other things I've been thinking about delivery. So I do in-person proofing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, I work with people who don't live near me. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we do it online or it's sort of delayed so that it happens when I'm in their area. But a lot of times people want to see their photos immediately. And I've been trying not to post um, like a lot of sneak peeks, like not put a blog up or anything and sort of make people wait to see their photos until the in-person proofing consultation because then when they're looking at them they get like way more excited than when they've already seen their photos right but of course i always have people saying well can like we see them first before we see you (laughs) just super irritating so i've been trying to find like a medium where i can share a gallery with them but when i was using shoot proof before for example are you well, not I using shoot okay. now? Okay. Um, when before I would have um, like a shopping cart attached to each gallery because it automatically added the shopping cart, and I'm realizing now like people would go in and look and see prices on products and be like, yeah, no, screw that. Download the photos, put them on Facebook, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And you can you don't have to have shopping carts attached to your galleries in, <laughs> in, uh, Shupra or in, in, in anything really. So I can put up a gallery of like a hundred photos and have people pick out their 50 favorites and then go to a meeting, have their hundred photos, have their 50 favorites picked out and then go through those and narrow them down even further and then show them actual products and stuff and get them all excited about it. And I can use Fundy to show them what framed prints would look like on the wall and stuff like that. And then and then they start asking, well, what's the price? But they've already seen, like, my barnwood canvas poster in front of them mm-hmm. rather than trying to guess at what a barnwood canvas poster is based on <laughs> what they see on the Internet. And they can't tell sizes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... You, you're in a situation where you're, you're not in a metropolis kind of setting. You're in a rural setting, which is great. Yeah. My suggestion for you would be to just ask people to come see you. And I guarantee you that if you make time for them, if you go, if you, if you say, well, no, I don't have to meet you 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. I can meet you on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Yeah. The, they will come to you because they've spent thousands of dollars for this. So... You have to be just firm in asking them to come meet you. And just say, this is part of the process. Yeah. Uh, literally, yeah. literally say, this is part of the process. Say, there's a lot. And 
if you can somehow get some physical stuff, it doesn't even have to be anything big, just like a folder um, uh, with, with, with some sample of prints in there, even like put together something that only costs you 20 to 30 bucks. Okay. So like their prints. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Like literally gotcha. a couple of sample prints. So like you can say, I, I'm just brainstorming. I'm just throwing stuff out. If I was in your shoes, this is what I would do. I'd put together a package for them that they get to take home that would include perhaps a referral card, that would include a thank you card, uh, that would include their digital files if you're giving them any digital files. like, And I mean, I know you don't give digital files out, and I, it's totally cool, but you do upload digital files to a proofing gallery. So, mm-hmm. so you can always still give them digital proofs, right? Because they can download them anyways. But if there's, if there's something physical and tangible that's part of the package... That, that you can even brand, you can do that. And I'm not telling you to go out and get a bunch of branded USB drives because that... Yeah, no, I'm not doing USB yeah. drives anymore. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Anyways, that, that's neither here nor there. So, but if you can do something tangible that they have to come pick up in person, um, then they will make the time and effort and just say, look, I, guys, I need you to come in to, and I need, I need to kind of pass this over. I need to explain to you how things work. People will say, yeah, okay, uh, well, we're working. We're not available till next Wednesday at 7 p.m. And so make it Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. People will come. Well, I have I have no problem driving to meet other people, especially since I usually have multiple appointments to do in any given place. Like right now I have a couple in Guelph. I have I had their engagement session. I have to do their proofing session. But I also have a family that wants photos in Guelph. And I'll probably go and check out the location for their photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no problem going to them, especially when I get to go to some like random hole in the wall cafe. Like a few weeks ago, I went to Barry, and I met a couple of my clients at like a random cafe that I've never been to. And that was fun. One of the things that I do want to work on is sort of a little suitcase of products so I can like open it up and pull out like this is a frame. This is one of my standard frames. This is mm-hmm. what acrylic looks like instead of glass. This is what a matted print looks like. Here are a few different paper samples and stuff like that. Do, um, you, know, do you know those Here's art, a sample book. Hmm? Do you remember those art portfolios we had in college? Like yes. these big black bags? Yes. Believe it or not, that works flawless for a canvas sample, a print sample, an acrylic sample. Because it, yeah. It, it, yeah, like you can put two on each side and then you can put print samples. And, and when you bring that in on your shoulder, that actually looks like, I don't know, that for some reason it kind of legitimizes the whole thing. Like, oh, wow, shit, look, that's a big fucking bag. Well, I wanted to be very specific about whatever suitcase I use. Like I'm not using like, <laughs> um, basically what I was thinking was it could get reasonably heavy. So I want to be able to roll it around with me. Plus people are always like, why mm-hmm. does that person have a suitcase? They must be serious. <laughs> they travel. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it'd have to be a very specific suitcase. And I'm yet to find that suitcase. Yeah. Um, you might see suitcases pop up in the F8 store. Just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember those being quite big. And I really want to sort of streamline it so that all of the whatever's in the kit mm-hmm. that I take with me everywhere is like... Um, 11 by 14 or something. So I have like an 11 by 14 um, album. I have an 11 by 14 framed print. I have 11 by 14 um, matted prints and stuff like that. Just so 
everything's the same size. It all yeah. fits together. Well, and my bag was out, 20, I, I don't I don't use the bag anymore. But I mean, when I first started, when I started meeting clients, and I didn't I didn't want to bring him into my uh, commercial studio with, where it was just a basement. Like you're walking down, Sophia. First time you walked into my studio and you were walking down the stairs. Did you or did you not think you were going to get murdered? No, and, like <laughs> the first few times that I went to your studio, I went I went in through the building, not through the stairway. Right. Um, but you t- have always told me that it looks like. A serial killer lives there. Yeah. And yeah, the, when I've walked through there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, but once you <laughs> once you walk into the studio, every as soon as people walked into the studio, everybody's like, wow, this is a great space. Hey, but people love that stuff. Like the back entrance to my studio yeah. is kind of the same. Like it's, there isn't stuff. Ever, well, sometimes there's stuff everywhere and like saws and crap. So that's a little bit scary. But um, it's like, <laughs> it's not like that an anymore. Old, <laughs> it's an old factory building. So yeah. it looks like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, the funny thing is, what the funny thing was when we would have um, stylists and uh, hair and makeup artists come for like fashion type <laughs> photo shoots. And yeah. the, they would kind of be like, uh, where am I going? And they'd walk in. <laughs> and w- the one thing that everybody said was that they like working there. because It's very inspiring. It's very raw mm-hmm. kind of feel. And they didn't yeah. care that, uh, you know, my printer was in a corner and uh, with a table in front of it w- with a bunch of shit everywhere just to cut prints and package canvases and whatever. Just like, no, this is how I expect things to look. And um, <clears throat> I... I tried a different approach with uh, with another facility, and it was great. We booked so many weddings. People loved our yeah. Richmond Street studio. Um, but then when we bought a house just around the corner, we, we kind of moved that operation in there because we're like, you know, why are we paying rent? Uh, yeah. We're spending like $15,000 a year on just renting a building. Why, why don't we put that towards a house? And uh, and that worked too. I mean, so the the conclusion I came to is that it, it doesn't matter where you meet people. It's yeah. like to me, by by opening up that space for three years, we booked a ton of weddings because... I was proud of my space and I was just, I was inviting more people in. I was, I was advertising more and I was doing more kind of like call to action stuff, like come see us, you know, come visit us. Yeah. And so I, I totally get that you want to show your photos like really big and stuff. And I have a projector and there's a TV in the studio and I can have people come into the studio and do a proofing session on the TV when their photos are big and giant and like, so they can sort of envision the photos being big rather than like eight by 10. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I have done is I'm using Fundy and what Fundy lets me do is um, show people what their photos will look like on their walls. Yeah. So cool. I will, yeah, I'll do the proofing session and I won't even, I won't even ask them to send me pictures of their walls beforehand. I'll just do the proofing session and then they'll be like, Oh, well I think it would go well on this wall. And I'll be like, Hey, go home slap a piece of eight and a half by 11 paper on that wall, take a picture and text it to me. Right. And then I will text them back with a picture of their photo on the wall, um, <clears throat> which has been super handy. And I did that with this client that I've mentioned with the gentlemanly young son. And <laughs> who has an office across he, the bay. Yeah. who has an office across the bay. He literally texted me back. He's like, wow, I'm really impressed. I didn't even know you could do this. This is like magic. What the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super handy. People really love it. I nerd out over it. And yeah. Um, but I have no problem going with like with my teeny tiny laptop, which I mean, for laptop standards is actually a big 
giant heavy laptop. But anyway, <laughs> showing them photos on that screen, it's mm -hmm. a little bit dirty. And then doing that, texting them, hey, here's what your photo will look like. And the good thing is I can also take that into Tave and create um, quotes, yeah. put the pictures of their wall with the photo on it in there for various different sizes and layouts with the pricing. So people can look at it and be like, yeah, okay. And eight by 10 is cheaper, but an eight by 10 looks stupid on that wall. Right. And I don't like, you are my number one client of small canvases. I love them. I don't sell a canvas smaller than 12 by 18 to anybody else. <laughs> this is a fact. I just tell people like 12 by 18 is kind of the smallest I print. Yeah. But you order canvases as small as five, like by, seven, five by seven. And there's yep. nothing cuter than that. But there's they also are so adorable. There's also nothing <laughs> smaller than that. Like yeah. there's nothing smaller than when a putting uh, like an eight by ten canvas on the wall and being like, Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> that does yeah, not so, carry the same amount of, you know Oh, for sure. And my clients aren't putting five by seven canvases on the wall. They're putting so. them on shelves and stuff. And sometimes they'll do like a panel. So they'll they'll have like a bigger photo and then a bunch of five by sevens around it or something mm -hmm. like that. But I just think they're so cute. They're just so little and cute. <laughs> Ugh, I love them. Nice. Um, I um, just received oh, an email that your canvas is boxed up. Sweet. And uh, with your email, there is a list of prices that I have to go. Yes. Over. Can you email that to me right now? Yeah. I'll have to go over them and like put them Did in. They Oh, you have to put your prices in? Well, they're pretty much the same, but like, I just have to, the, the way he did it is kind of unique. So I'll have to oh. make another so spreadsheet just to, out of it. Just to catch everyone up, I'm like streamlining all of my prices and everything and making sure that I'm doing as little work as possible. So I'm getting a bunch of framing prices from Petro. Yes. Can't say for sure that he's going to be doing this for other people, but... Well, for me, exactly. you're kind of my guinea pig um, yeah. for a lot of stuff. So um, put it this way. If a client called me and said, look, I want four or five by seven canvases, I'll say, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just not necessarily advertising it to everybody. And yeah. uh, I actually have sort of, I don't want to say I said no or turned away, but there was three people in the last year who have contacted me to do some canvas work. Yeah. And after talking to them for about, you know, nine days straight, I just kind of said, you know what? I don't think I'm your guy. <laughs> um, Why? Just the, the amount of custom work that would be required. Like, send, all I want you to do is send me a file ready to print. You know what I mean? Um, send me a file ready to print so I can print it, I can frame it and I can deliver it either to you or your client. That's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. If you want me to, I can't even explain this. Go back and forth on the phone, try to help you determine what size it should be, if you, change prices for you every five minutes. If you want me to print you a, a test strip of a specific place, then get it back to you so you can approve it. So no. that then I can go, so that you can send me the, the, the actual file uh, so I can print it uh, so that I can print it. And before I stretch it, show it to you again. Yeah. Uh, that's not, I'm not set up that way. Like I'm not yeah. your custom, I'm your custom printer in terms of I will print you anything you want 
custom size, but I'm not your slave. Like, sorry. Yeah. So this person just ha- said I had really bad luck with with blah blah blah, and I told her I said I'm I'm literally asking you to pay me why when you're happy. So send me a file. I'll print it. I'll stretch it. I'll show it to you. You you'll get it delivered. If you love it, you pay me. If you don't love it, you send it back and you don't pay me. And I take a loss. And if you do that more than more than twice or you know three times, then I, I'll just fire you as a client because obviously I can't please you. To this day, I haven't had a client be upset with me about mm-hmm. anything. Like I mean, mistakes have been made and damage has been done, but all of it was fixed. You know. Yeah. If something gets damaged in shipping, I don't have most control over it so um just it is what it is so anyways long story short um i'll I'll do whatever people ask me to do just don't ask me to like run around and run your business oh and then then at the end actually ask for a discount it's like no 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 you're paying a premium for from (laughs) those those are those like stereotypical bad clients that we talk about pretty regularly like (laughs) those are the people you don't want to work with um yeah so basically what you're doing is you're getting me prices for a stand for standard sizes for frames printed photos and this is just to like streamline my process a little Mm -hmm. bit more so I get um, requests for, um, well, I could basically quote someone on frames for certain sizes and basic certain frames for certain sizes and anything outside of that is going to be more. So I'm going to have sort of a standard black, white, gray frame. And then I'm going to have a a sort of premium barn wood style frame. And then I'm going to have the custom, you're going into the gallery with me to pick your frame. Yep. (laughs) Um, so the first two will be priced out. I can give you the price immediately. And then the, you're going into the gallery with me, like you're going into the gallery with me and you're not going to get a price until basically after the job is done. Yeah. So those are like for different style clients. Right. Um, but yeah, the, I just, the whole delivery thing, like people are so concerned with packaging of their products, Mm -hmm. which drives me kind of bananas. Like I'm super happy with my packaging. I got the stickers. I got the, uh, caring for your artwork cards. I ordered all of that from boss logo. It was super easy. Um, good price too. And honestly, so I have these framed prints sitting in my office right now to be delivered. And I am literally just sticking, um, a caring for your artwork card in it and i'm Mm -hmm. going to deliver it the way that i got it from the gallery (laughs) and that's what you do i mean yeah uh you keep it simple if anything just now don't overdo it keep it simple but don't overdo it like like i'm not boxing this up in a black box with yellow tissue paper and tying a ribbon around it and putting one of my stickers on it and like i'm i'm not i'm not doing that with large prints i i never do that i mean i literally just handing it Well, I'm driving it over to the client and then I'm going to hand it to them kind of thing. Um, But it's going to be uncovered. I don't know. I kind of like that. The only thing that I box up is little prints, like four by sixes and five by sevens. And I've gotten to the point where you have to order a minimum order of those prints Mm -hmm. and they they will be delivered in a box. Like it's not a pretty box. It's just a little black box. (laughs) It's not as funny as the game, but you know. Little black box? No, um... Cards Against Humanity. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Had a feeling that's what you were referring to. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
my advice is to brand everything you can possibly. So uh, if you are using tissue paper, because there, I think an album does look good inside a box with tissue paper or whatever. Sure. But if you are using tissue paper, brand it. Get custom tissue paper printed. Oh, um, my God. No. I went to the dollar store mm-hmm. and there's yellow tissue paper. Well, oh, for you, perfect. that's kind of perfect. I know, but most people have a color. I mean, yes, you can go and get your tissue paper uh, printed. That's totally cool. I, I, um, I, that would look good. You can get but, you can get yellow tissue paper printed with your logos on it too, right? Like, I, I mean, know, that's cool. But if if you don't want to spend the money, go to the flippin' dollar store right. and get tissue paper. Like, it doesn't have to be expensive. No, you're I right. ordered these stickers. I ordered like a hundred stickers. They were like twenty four dollars. And then I can stick them to whatever I need to stick them to, <laughs> and I can I can cut them. Like it's very convenient. Are you gonna survive over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But around delivery too, I feel like people get so wrapped up in the packaging, but they kind of forget about what to do around delivery. Like, what do you do when you deliver photos? Like physical photos, like um, uh, prints. Yeah. So it, it depends. I try not to sell loose prints. Like I try to sell everything yeah. mounted. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you ordered a 16 by 24 inch print and you wanted it, to, you, you're going to put it in your own frame or get it custom matted, whatever. Um, you're getting a 16 by 24 inch print mounted onto foam core. Now, then that piece of foam core on the back, there's a sheet that goes with care instructions, recommendations for framing, you know, stuff like that. Kind of like you're taking care of your prints and it's Mm -hmm. branded too. And it's just an eight and a half by 11 sheet that goes on the other side and the whole thing gets shrink wrapped. So when Mm -hmm. you're looking at it, you see the photo, like you actually see the photo, but it's on foam core, it's mounted. And on the other side, it's everything. So if you ordered a couple of them, you'll get a couple of them like that. Um, Mm -hmm. All shrink wrapped. If you said, look, I want a 30 by 40 inch print. I don't want it mounted because I'm going to, I'm going to go take it, get it plaque mounted or whatever. Uh, Then it goes into a tube, right? So it gets rolled up, goes into a tube. I never ship a tube to anybody. The tube always goes into a box. Yeah. And on the tube, there's a sticker that, that talks about how to care for your prints. Um, and uh, basically set again recommendations and things like that um then there's another sticker that's my logo that's my brand essentially so the tube is branded now i these these were little circles that were supposed to go on the end of caps but i stopped putting them on the end of caps because people don't look on caps (laughs) on the tube so i just put them on the tube directly now yeah Uh, it goes inside the box inside the box there's a postcard and a referral card (laughs) And if I feel the need to, I will put a thank you card in there. I will also put a business card. Now, I used to throw everything in loose. I now put everything into a clear envelope, like a little clear sleeve. And that clear sleeve goes inside the box. It gets, uh, sometimes I kind of tuck it under this one of my stickers mm-hmm. so that people don't just take the tube out and throw the box and throw everything out and then everything gets um uh filled with fill i uh put it in a cardboard box like a corrugated box then on the box i put more branding now what i've done is i actually ordered a rubber stamp 
so that I stamp my logo onto the boxes now. You've been listening to Double Exposure Show. Thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark, Ben Sound for our theme music, and thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Don't forget to join us in the Double Exposure Show group on Facebook. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Until next time. Get to work. Thank you.